0: have off Monday, we're going to party and all that stuff, and uh, glad that we have a chance to be together this morning. Uh, for the past several years, every time we've uh, taken our, our, our mission trip to Kenya, uh, there's been a couple that comes with us on that trip. They are a, um, a married couple. They are a mature couple I didn't say old. I said they're a mature couple. Um, they're in that stage of life where they're close to retirement. Um, but they're there together and they love each other very much, and they're very cute with each other throughout the trip. Yeah, you know who it is, yeah. And they hold hands, and they give little smooches to each other, right, right? And they'll make sure, hey, is there room on the van for my bride? Can she come too? Is there room? Because we travel around in the vans, and you guys know who I'm talking about, right? And he will help her get out of the van and then say, oh, yeah, I've got to pay the toll. Give her a little kiss, right? Uh-huh, that's right. And so all the girls, all the young girls in the trip, Personally, I think it's disgusting, Right? <laughs> I'm offended by it. Save that stuff. No, it's very, it's very cute. It's very cute. And every year I hear, and it's, it's, I've never heard a guy say this. It's always a, a lady. Oh. One of the girls will say, oh, that's so cute. Right there. That's relationship goals. Right there. Hashtag relationship goals. And that's a good thing. You know, for a single person or for a young person or if you're just starting a relationship or even if you're newlyweds, just starting your marriage, to have some relationship goals. In fact, that's one of the things that I, you know, when I do premarital counseling and I talk to the couples, I say it's great to have some model couples in your life, people that you're looking to and say, that's the kind of marriage I want. That's the kind of relationship I want. So you've got a goal that you're working towards. Look after all these years, how they love each other, how they care for each other. Look at that partnership. I want that. It's great to have relationship goals. And that idea goes far beyond just the marriage relationship and just beyond, it goes beyond the romantic relationships. You can have all sorts of of very valuable relationship goals. You can have some professional relationship goals, right? You know, maybe you've got some goals with how you want to interact with your coworkers and how you want them to think about you and how you, they should, should see you and they know they can count on you. And You've got some relationship goals maybe with your boss. You want your boss to think a certain way about you. You want to have this specific personal but professional relationship. Or maybe if you're in charge of some people, you want them to, to have respect for you but also know that you're supportive of them and you have all these different relationship goals. And Even within the family, perhaps you have some relationship goals how you want to interact with, with your children or children, how you want to interact with your parents. Um, can I talk to the teenagers today? Do we have any teenagers here? We got a few? I got enough to talk to? That's good to have some goals with how you, how you want to have a relationship with your parents. What's that relationship look like? What kind of relationship do you want to have with your parents? Do you want them to think of you and, and see you as, as people they can trust and depend on and rely on? I mean, your parents love you. You know that. They love you. But what about beyond that? Can they trust you? Can they, can they have confidence in you? And it works the same way with parents. What about the relationship you have with your children? Do you have some goals there? I've got some goals with our girls. They're young now. Our oldest is going to turn seven next month, so they're, they're still pretty young. But I've got some goals, some relationship goals with our daughters. One of my goals is that as they become young adults, I want them to continue to come to me with their questions and seek advice and seek counsel from Dad, even when they're in their 20s and 30s. You know, if I can build that kind of trust with my daughters now, that they know I've got their best interest in mind, you know, that's one of my relationship goals with my daughters, that they'll still come to me for advice even when they don't have to, that they'll still seek my input even after they're grown up. That's one of my goals. And so it's valuable and it's important to have those kind of relationship goals. We don't often think about it in those terms, but it's a very valuable thing to have some relationship goals. What about your relationship with God? What about your relationship with your heavenly Father, with your Creator? Do you, have any, do you ever think about that? Do you have some goals? like what you want your relationship with God to look like, how you want your, to interact with your Heavenly Father, with your Creator, I think it would be very valuable for us to establish some goals. What kind of relationship are you going to have with your Heavenly Father? You know, we took a look at just a couple of verses from Psalm 23 this morning. Bob read them for us. But um, if you've got a Bible with you or a phone or a tablet or some way to look up that passage, maybe you want to go ahead and do that, look up Psalm 23. We're going to look at this a little bit. And I was just reading this this past week, and what I was struck by is the relationship that exists here between the guy who wrote this and God. I mean, this was written by a man named David, and David is a fascinating person that we meet in Scripture. I think we know more about David than anybody else. Uh, Anybody else that we read about, we read about him in books of history in the Old Testament. We also learn more about him in the book of Psalms. Uh, The book of Psalms is a book of songs and a book of poems, and he wrote most of them. He wrote these songs about God. He wrote these poems to God. Anybody else here wrote poems to God? You don't have to raise your hand. But that seems like maybe a foreign concept, but this is what he did, because that's the kind of relationship that he had with God, a very unique, special relationship relationship. He had some special insight into who God is and what he's all about and to his heart, and, and they had this very close relationship. And as I was reading the 23rd Psalm this past week, that's what struck me is how David thinks about God, how David thinks about his relationship with God. Look at what it says there. And Maybe you've heard this. And I feel like I hear this a lot of times at funerals. This passage is read. Uh, maybe you're used to hearing this in the King James Version, but it's written in the NIV in your bulletin, and It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Now, when you think about God, is that how you see God? I mean, David used to be a shepherd. He was a little shepherd boy who became the king. I mean, you remember David and Goliath? You heard about that in Sunday school as kids? Yeah, this is that David. And so he knows what it's like to be a shepherd. He knows what it's like to take care of sheep. He knows what it's like to protect sheep. I mean, we learned that he fought off a bear and he fought off a lion to protect his sheep and sell. What he's saying about God is, God, you're my shepherd. You take care of me like I used to take care of my little sheep. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing or I shall not want. Isn't that what it is in the King James? I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. I, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Well, I think we lose a little something in the translation there. He makes me lie down on that green pasture. It's not like that. He's giving us, he's giving David a place to rest. A safe, green, lush pasture. That's exactly what a little lamb would want. A safe place to eat and rest. He gives me this lush bounty. Makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters or still waters. In other words, he gives me a a safe place to drink, a safe place to be refreshed. He refreshes my soul. Right there, he refreshes my soul. Is that how you see God, as someone who refreshes your soul? You know, this is how David sees his father God. It's not about, okay, God piles up all these burdens on my shoulders, and he's told me, this is what you got to do with your life, and that's what you can't do, and this is what you must do. Now, don't mess up. He doesn't see God that way. You know, piling up burdens or laying out these expectations. Instead, instead of someone who's draining him, mean, he's refreshing He refreshes my soul. He's not a burden to me. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths or along the righteous path, depending on your translation. And so that's another one, you know, when we come across the word right or righteous in the Bible, we think about, okay, there's good and there's bad, there's right and there's wrong, and and those things are absolute, that's correct, but when he's talking about this right path here, it's not just a matter of good versus evil, the good path and God's way, and then there's the evil path. When he says the right path, he means the right approach to life the right way to live, the wise way to live, a way to live that's beneficial and makes sense and is worth living this way. He guides me into that right path, along the right path for his name's sake. That's what he wants for David, and David knows it. David knows this about God, that God wants what's best for him. He has his best interest in mind. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. What is it? What's the translation? Many people know. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Here's something we know about David. Multiple times throughout his life, he was hunted down. People tried to kill him. They wanted him gone. They wanted him dead. That ever happened to you? Here's my point. He, he has been through some real dark valleys. Now, I, I know enough of you in this room to know that you've been through some dark valleys in your life. But This guy knows the deepest darkness of the dark valley. He knows it, and he knows what it's like to be comforted in those moments when he's being hunted down, when he's being persecuted, when he's being attacked, when his children rebel against him. He knows dark valleys. And he says, even when he's there, he will not fear because you are with me because God is with him. And your rod and staff, they comfort me. Again, David, when he was a shepherd boy, he knew how to use that rod and that staff to protect the sheep, to protect the lambs, to fight off the bear, to fight off the lion. And so there's this imagery of God as our defender, as our warrior, a warrior shepherd of sorts, protecting us from evil. That's the kind of God that we have. And listen to this. This is like we could spend a whole month talking about this verse here, verse five. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. What a strange concept. Some of you are going to have a nice big banquet tonight. You're going to have a New Year's Eve little feast. Some of you are going to do that. A lot of you had a big feast over Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. You had a big old banquet, right? You had the Thanksgiving of, you know last month, and we're doing this stuff, and we have these. Can you imagine setting up a table and ornate decorations, and everybody's got the little name card. And you bring out the food. You bring out the feast right in the battlefield, When your enemies are surrounding you, trying to kill you, trying to tear you down, trying to attack you. That's the way that David sees God. You're giving me this this bounty, this lush experience when there are people all around me. You want to tear me limb from limb. You prepare a table before me in the presence of all these enemies. Wow. No, you sit and relax. I'll take care of the enemy. I've got my rod. I've got my staff. You relax, David. I'll take care of that. That's God. You prepare a table in presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. You pamper me. <laughs> you take care of me. My cup overflows. Wow. See, uh, I want to have this kind of relationship with God. That's why I'm talking about this today. This is the kind of relationship I want. God, and David is saying to God, you give me, yeah, you give me what I need, but you give me more. My cup overflows. I mean, you bless me beyond what I can even handle, and that blessing just pours out all over. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and love, or depending on your translation, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hashtag relationship goals right there. Relationship goals. Now, the reason I'm talking to you about this today is because, I, you know, okay, it's New Year's Eve. We're supposed to talk about the New Year's resolution thing. Isn't that what I'm supposed to preach about today? That's how that works? This is, this is my goal for 2018. I've got a relationship goal. I want to have this kind of relationship with Father God. You know, you read these words, and you've heard these words before. I mean, it's a well-known Bible passage, the 23rd Psalm. But here's, here's my goal. I want to be able to read these words And have them be sincere in my heart. I want this, and this is a little bit flowery, gentlemen. You'll you'll have to forgive my flowery language. But I want this to be the true song of my heart. to to, To be able to feel that way about God. You too? I want to be able to say these things and not just stand up and try to add dramatic emphasis. But really have this be the sincere song of my heart to look at my father god and feel that way and know these things for sure david's not questioning are you there for me god right are you going to protect me with your rod and staff are you going to protect me from my he knows this and he's singing this out i want that kind of relationship with god I don't want to see God as the, as the oppressor in my life who says, you can't do those things you want to do, and here's what you got to do, and you got to engage in all these disciplines, and you got to be a good little boy, Josh. I don't want to have that kind of relationship with my Heavenly Father. I want to be like this. Don't you? That's, that's my New Year's resolution. That's my goal going into 2018 is I want to develop this kind of relationship with Father God. How do you do that? It's great to have goals. I'm a big believer in goals. Listen, if you don't go in for the New Year's resolution thing, that's fine, but it's good. It's important to have goals in life, right? But a goal without a plan is just a wish, right? I think I I read that in the fortune cookie once, right? (laughs) But it's true. A goal without a plan is just you need a plan to reach your goal, right? You can't say, okay, I'm trying to lose 15 pounds this year. How are you going to do it? I don't know. I just hope it happens. That's just a wish, right? So a goal without a plan is just a wish. And so I've got a little bit of a plan here to reach this goal. So how do we do this? And so I'm going to share my plan with you because maybe, maybe this could be one of your goals for 2018 to develop this kind of relationship with God. And so if I want this kind of relationship with God, one of the things that I'm going to do is I'm going to make God my number one. First thing when I wake up in the morning is talk to him. Get into his word, start some prayer. Now listen, you know, when you have three young children, sometimes you don't get to decide exactly when you wake up and what your mornings look like, right? But my intentionality is I got to go to God first. That's, that's one thing that I'm going to do to help develop this relationship. He's also going to be my last phone call of the night, right? Does anybody have that? The best friend you talk to, last phone call of the night? He's going to be the last person I talk to. The first person that I talk to and the last person that I talk to is going to be God, okay? Little things, little strategic moves to help me develop this relationship with God, okay? He's going to be the first one I go to when I have something to celebrate. That's what I've decided. Did you ever get that piece of good news, right? You got the job, or you got the raise, or you got the promotion, or something good just happened, or your favorite show's coming on TV that night, or they renewed the X-Files for a new season, or whatever it is. Some kind of good news that you're excited about, and what do you do? Take out your phone. I'm going to text this. Oh, she's going to be so excited when I tell her this, right? Or you go talk to your spouse or you talk to somebody and you share that, hey, guess what just happened? I'm going to make God my number one. When I get that good news, I'm going to celebrate with Father God. Not just celebrate, but thank Him. Thank you for this good thing. Okay, A good report card that the girls brought home or whatever it is, thank you for this good thing. Let God be the number one. All right, I can tell Holly about it later. I'm going to go to God first, right? Make God the number one. And here's the other thing. So I'm going to make it my number one in the morning. Last phone call before I go to bed. You know, I'm not literally saying I call. Like, last person I talk to before I go to bed. I'm going to go to him first with good news, and I'm going to go to him first when I feel the urge to complain. All right? That's a big one here, Right? Something bad happens. You get that nasty email. Your boss has an attitude with you. Your co-workers have an attitude. Whatever it is, someone is nasty to you, and that complaint bubbles up inside of you. And before you even have a chance to articulate, before you have a chance to text that out to your friend or call your spouse and complain about it, you're already forming the words in your mind. Can you believe? And I don't deserve this. And I'm better than this. And you're going to treat me this way. And you start to develop this case. Oh, man, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. You know this thing that we do? And you pick up the, can you believe this just happened to me? Before the complaint forms in my mind, I'm going to take the issue to God. To the best of my ability, right? I'm going to catch myself. I'm already forming the words. Nope, stop, stop. I'm not going to make that phone call. I'm not going to text this out. I'm going to take this issue before Father God. Right? Just the power in that. Oh, man. Listen, if you missed everything else I've said today, hang on to that. Before you vocalize that complaint, you know, we're taught in Scripture to do all things without complaining and arguing. Oh, my goodness, if we Christians, if we could just get that right, man, we would be so appealing. The rest of the world would look at us and say, that's awesome, right? So I'm going to make God number one in the morning, last person I talk to at night, first person I bring my celebrations to. First person I want to bring my complaints to. And just in that act of praying through whatever it is I want to complain about, just in that helps reframe your mind and remind you of all that you have to be thankful for and grateful for. And so that's what I'm going to do. And then the other thing is this, and I've talked about this before, is I'm going to let God do the heavy lifting in 2018. I'm going to let God do the heavy lifting this is a concept I've laid out in the past, and you know it's that idea. You know when you're moving furniture around, and you've got a group of guys, and you're all lifting up the couch, but one guy really isn't doing anything. He's like, "I'm just kind of here because I want to feel like I'm doing something." You know what that's like? Yeah, sometimes I've been that guy. I'm, I'm helping too, right? But in this situation, I feel like so often we Christians, so often those of us who are trying to follow Jesus and trying to you know live into our identity as children of God, so often we we just try so hard to do good things. And like there are situations that come up and we want to manipulate situations, we want to control things, and we want to solve problems, especially us guys, we want to solve problems. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to let God do the heavy lifting. And before I try to solve the problem, before I try to control the situation, before I try to manipulate the situation, I'm going to pray about the situation. God, you do the heavy lifting. God, you take care of it. Oh, I'll do my part, but I'm not going to... You take the full weight of this, God, right? Right? Take it up with the Lord first. You understand what I mean by that? It's like, okay, you know, there's big things that happen in life, and you feel like, i got to act, i got to do, i got to do. Before you act, before you do, before you start scheming and plotting and controlling and manipulating, take it to God and pray about it. That's one thing I've learned is, is you know, being a, being a husband and being a father, there are so many things that happen that are beyond your control, and you start to realize how little control you have over your own life. <laughs> And you want to jump in and you want to take control of things and you want to solve problems, but the most effective thing that you can do is take it to the Lord in prayer. And so my goal for 2018 is to cultivate, to cultivate this kind of relationship with Father God. And so I've got those steps in mind. Go to God first. Go to God last. When there's something to celebrate, I take it to God first. When there's something bothering me, I take it to God first. And just overall, I'm going to let God do the heavy lifting. When problems come up, I take them to Him first. And I believe that if I could do that and if you could do that, we could get to this place where David is, how David sees God, excited to be in His presence, happy to be with Him, sure of Himself in Father God, sure of the kind of relationship they have. That's what I want for me, and that's what I want for you too. I want that for you, to see God that way, As your shepherd, as your protector, as your defender, as the one who takes care of you, as the one who doesn't burden you but restores and refreshes your spirit. That's the kind of relationship, this is what I believe, that God wants to have with you. He wants to be your good shepherd. He wants to refresh your soul. He wants to to take care of the heavy lifting and take care of your... prayer. He wants to. And so let's, let's give him what he wants, right? <laughs> let's give him an opportunity to cultivate that relationship with us. And so that's my prayer for, for, that's what I want in 2018. That's my prayer for you 2018. But that's really, this is what I want for our church this year, this coming year. So that when people look at us and what kind of church are you and what kind of people are you and what's your, what's your theology, what's your perspective of God, this is our perspective of God. What do we think about God? This is what we think about God. He takes care of us. He's our shepherd. He's our heavenly Father. He's our protector. He's our defender. You see, when God is presented for who He really is, when God is presented like that, oh, that's appealing, right? I mean, think about all the ideas out there about God that are just so wrong. Oh, God's going to invade your life, and God's going to try to micromanage, and God just wants you to do certain things and not do. He wants to limit your fun. He wants to inhibit you. These are all the ideas about God that are floating out there in Southern Delaware County that are just wrong. We need to bring the real God into our community. And I think it starts with us developing this true relationship with God, seeing Him for who He really is. And so I'm going to invite you, I'm going to encourage you, and even challenge you to make this one of your goals for 2018. Cultivate this kind of relationship with God and see the difference that makes in your life. Let's pray on that. Father God, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for being our protector, our defender. And and Father, we we believe that you want to be in relationship with each one of us. And so, Father, give us the desire to cultivate a relationship with you. Father God, we believe that you are uh, capable of of amazing things, that nothing is impossible to you. And Father, you know what's going on in each one of our lives. You know where we need you most right now. And so, Father, just meet us where we are take care of us, protect us, defend us, and bring us safely into this new year. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.